Hello, and welcome to Manifestor Academy for Entrepreneurs with Michelle Anderson. If you are curious about how to manifest the life and business of your dreams, you're in the right spot. I will be sharing interviews, tips, tricks, stories, and anything I can think of by lifting up the hood on my own experience and my own businesses, including my coaching practice, about how you can manifest your dream life and business I hope you enjoy it. If you want to learn more, you can always go to michelleanderson.com. That's Michelle with two L's and Anderson with an S-E-N at the end. It's been kind of a minute, just I took a break from a couple weeks of podcasting because honestly, um, I didn't have all my content batched up, which I talk about batching content, and also because I'm planning on um, kind of making everything better. So right now I'm recording a video on my QuickTime player, so these videos actually go up on the YouTube channel, and I'm using my just kind of plain Jane um, microphone, which if you're watching the video, I'll hold it up. It's this, it's nothing special, but I do have a couple little new pieces of equipment. And um, A, I don't ever want you to be afraid that you don't have the right technology to start getting your voice out there. And B, um, you know, once you start something, maybe you've been itching to start a blog or a podcast or a newsletter or an Instagram account or whatever it is, Um, The point of this podcast today is going to be what happens when you actually start something and where that goes. And what I mean by that is like, I didn't know what was going to take shape when I started making my podcast. In fact, I didn't know what was going to take shape when I started making my first business flourish nine years ago. I really started 10 years ago, but I created my official business name nine years ago, so Right now, August is celebrating its ninth anniversary, Flourish, and I've had the coaching practice for a couple years. And none of those things, I never really had a strict outline for where it was going to go. In fact, every time I did have an outline, it would definitely take some sort of curveball because what happens when you start doing something is that the way for that to unfold just really naturally reveals itself. And if you're really open to the way that that's going to work best and looking at how your customers and clients are getting the best of you, if you're embarking on some kind of business venture, um, you really can never predict what that way is going to be. And the way that things are going to unfold for you is going to be shown to you because your clients are going to be giving you feedback and the people that are buying from you and interested in connecting with you are going to be telling you what they want to see more of, and then you're going to be able to give them more of that only when you know what that is. So I'd like to thank all of you who have listened to the podcast and enjoyed it and told me so. And I'd like to thank all of you who also watch the Instagram stories because I've gotten some really beautiful feedback that, you know, a lot of times I kind of feel like I'm I know I'm talking to my audience and I know some of you return again and again, but I don't know what you're getting out of it until you tell me. 
And I've had some really great comments recently about the impact that, that people have received from listening just to one person speak on Instagram. And hopefully you have some other people in your um, world that you love to listen to. And I wouldn't be where I am right now if I didn't have important people in my life that were speaking about the things that I needed to hear. And that's just the way it works. And when someone else is pulling you forward, you'll go forward. And when you're moving yourself forward, you're going to unpack things that you didn't know existed. So let me give you an example of that, okay? Like so that there can be some roots to this episode. And what I, what I really want to illustrate is that you can't know how it's going to unfold, all right? So nine years ago, I was declaring my landscape design business. And I really was struggling at the time with whether or not that would just be design or if I would be able to make enough money on design to really make the amount of money I wanted to. And yes, it's entirely possible to make great money from design, but essentially you're trading time for money or you're building a team that does that, or you can sell packages or percentages, but uh, designing is really kind of based off of time that humans are spending doing a thing. And so each design is unique. And so it's not super scalable. And so there was kind of aware that that was a limitation that either I would need to grow a team and really be a manager of a team, which I didn't really like the idea of that. I I thought, gosh, am I going to be behind a desk doing bookkeeping and payroll and sales? And I actually do that now and I really like it. Um, But it's my beautiful desk in my beautiful home. And, you know, I only do that for a very small amount of the time. Um, But, you know, I just didn't see myself as a as a drone in an office running a business where everyone else was doing the fun stuff. Right. So that was a little confusing for me. And then I did see the potential in having the actual uh, installation work under my roof. So that ended up being the model that I went with, which was the design build model because of a number of things. And it wasn't until I did some projects that were just designs and some projects that were designs and installations that I got feedback from the way that the projects were working and how happy the clients were and the quality of projects that I started to understand what kind of a business I wanted to have. And I wanted to have the kind of business where each project was most assured to be beautiful and lastingly beautiful and amazing. So that meant that I would need to be building these projects because if I were to design and let go of that design to some other project manager and some other installer, there's no guarantees that they would be following it properly. And there was no guarantees that they would be any good. So for the integrity of my client relationship, Um, and my own reputation built within that experience was the desire to make it the best that it could be. And that's the model that I ended up going with because I just thought to myself, you know, if my business is growing because of word of mouth referrals for the most part, and at that time it was, I want to make sure that people have a good taste in their mouth when they're done with their project. And that could only happen if I was a part of that process until it was done. Because 
I don't know if you guys have ever been through a landscaping project at your own home. Um, plantings are one thing, but my company was doing more than that. We were building patios and custom water features and getting into some pretty large scale projects. Um, one of our first projects was a quarter of a million dollars. And to say that it would be nerve wracking to turn over a design and have somebody else build that and build it perfectly is, you know, uh, to underestimate that stressor. <laughs> so as long as it was in house with me, I could ensure the quality and I could also ensure that if one of our contractors built something incorrectly that I would be the one with the purse strings making sure that it would be done properly and the contracts in place. Now none of that I knew going in. I didn't know anything about how that would work and going into this um, every project would tell me one more thing that I needed to learn and one more thing I needed to be good at. So much so that I became um, a little overwhelmed with all of the details I needed to handle, and I ended up looking at delegating. I had no sights in my mind whatsoever to delegate as much as I did, and I came from this school of thought of being an architecture student where the person in charge was, you know, the model for me was the architect, the the person who kind of did the drawings and, and knew what was going on and kind of had their um, keystone was the design aspect. And so to ask myself, what parts and pieces of this process can I delegate? It was a little challenging for me to sort of compartmentalize what I was doing, but what I was promising to the client was a design build experience. And I was actually trying to do a lot of that by myself. And that was ridiculous. So what I ended up starting to do at first was bringing on interns from the um, School of Architecture from DAP at UC, University of Cincinnati, which is where I went. And so what would happen was these students would come to me and my business was probably one of the smallest businesses they could have chosen to intern with. And some of them didn't really want to stay and hang on and have much patience for what we were doing together because they wanted to learn from an office that had more um, punchy projects. You know, we were just getting started. Our projects were ranging anywhere from 10,000 to, you know, the quarter of a million dollars projects. And it was a lot of plantings and a lot of stone and patios. And some of these kids wanted to work on buildings and that's fine. Um, and they also wanted to be the designer and they weren't designers yet. So these were some of the worst interns I ever had were from that program. There's amazing students in that program. I just happen to have some, um, lemons, but I, and I was one of them. Like I was a student from that program as well. So, um, I fortunately had a couple of real um, outliers who joined me who really, really, really helped me. And if you're one of the ones listening, you know who you are because I had three really important people that were willing to work for free or work for very little money to um, help me measure sites, do drawings, and really start to understand what parts and pieces of that business I was gonna need to delegate. And so that allowed me at a very low expense to start to see wa ways that I could teach and train others 
to help me understand how this business was going to leverage itself because you know in the early days I wasn't making a ton of sales you know one year we just broke over a hundred in sales that means that I wasn't paid that much and then one year we broke over just over 200 in sales that still meant I wasn't being paid that much so um, every penny meant something to me even if I didn't understand how it was working and so I had no idea. Eventually, I had an experience with one of the interns that really turned me a little upside down, and I ended up needing help really bad. Um, I was way too busy, and I had all these drawings to complete in my lap. I was still wearing way too many hats, and I decided to turn to the internet to start to outsource. And what I had done was hired someone who would go to a property without me and measure the property. They would then scan that drawing and send it to me. And I would send that drawing to someone using Upwork.com, which I'm obsessed with at this point, to create an AutoCAD drawing for me. And the cost of that entire process would usually be around $50. And this was so worth it for me if I didn't have to do that. So from that point on, I had started to delegate something that I thought was so custom that just couldn't be delegated. And so someone definitely has to be in person on site to measure something, but someone doesn't have to be there to make that drawing. So I took what I needed from someone here locally and just had a contractor do that for me and then uploaded those drawings and had them done. And I have colleagues to this day that think that's ridiculous and that that, that is undelegatable, and it is. They think, oh my gosh, how can someone on the other side of the planet create a drawing for you that has enough detail on it? Well, I'm telling you they can. And if you have really technical details that need to be you know, within a quarter of an inch, then those are the ones that you're going to do in-house or hire someone that's, you know, charges more per hour here or get a survey done, which we still do. We'll get surveys done and get topography and stuff like that. And we'll also send those to our contractors overseas. So that was like the beginning of me scratching the surface of what could be delegated. And that set me on a path. I, I never even thought that those roles of mine could be turned over. Then I started to see a bigger picture. I thought to myself, you know, I can't, I can create efficiencies within the business and take pieces of the project and have people that cost less than it costs for me to do them. And that makes it efficient. It makes it so that I'm leveraging my time but there's no real major leveraging point within that unless I sell a lot more and hire a lot more people to do that. And that just means I have to sell a lot and invest a lot in sales and marketing. And so I had to decide, well, do I want to hammer sales all day long and spend a lot on marketing? Because they it either costs time or money to make sure more sales come through the door. And I thought, well, yes and no. Like, I don't want that to be my full-time job. And again, I don't really want like a huge, huge team here. Like, I don't want to just churn out volume. I never want the quality to dissipate. So I decided 
that I would bring on someone that I would start to train to be me. Um, and I didn't know where that was going to go. I just knew that I was going to start coaching other people to grow their businesses because I was starting to really grow my business and I was starting to really see that I could help other people that were really, really stuck. I'm the residential remodeling industry has a lot of owners that are also the tradesmen or the tradeswoman like I was, which means they're performing the task next to the other task workers. And if you're doing that, you're always going to be strapped for time and you're probably going to be strapped for money because if you're performing the task, you're not performing sales. And you, you know, in my experience, sales and marketing is something that you want to always have a good plan and be able to pivot with the market and the flow of the seasons if you have a business like that, because otherwise, you know, the weather could affect you or the housing market could affect you. So you want to have your pipeline full. And so a lot of these people that decided to stay as someone that was doing the business instead of running the business, I watched them really suffer for cash flow a lot. And that's something I didn't want to do. That's, that's what prompted me to start delegating in the first place. So the other thing I want to kind of talk about in terms of how to get up and out of that crunch of um, the time was that, you know, I mentioned I was starting to coach other people and, and make sure that they were getting, you know, the insights that I had and the efficiencies and how to really grow my business and a lot of it had to do with how I was acting as a person in general like just having really good boundaries and not tolerating toxic people and all that sort of stuff was really you know essential for me to have a functioning business as well but understanding how money was actually going to flow into my business and how much I was going to need to pay myself the way I wanted prompted me to really value the delegating once I brought on people that were to take on more and more of the work that I was doing major major light bulbs went on and here's another really big moment where I started to see something that I never thought was possible when I started that company I knew I wanted to work very little because I knew at some point I wanted to have a lot of time for kids and I knew because my mom stayed at home with me that that was really valuable for me. And I wanted to be able to be really present with kids. I knew that I was the type of the per person that wanted to be able to have, you know, my hands in a couple things such as a business, having, you know, a family. But I knew that I needed to plan then for time I wanted in the future. And that would mean being open to different ways of doing things. I also knew that I wanted to have enough money to travel. I love to travel and I wanted to be able to have a beautiful home. And so I knew that I needed to have, you know, for the cost of living in Cincinnati, I probably needed to have about a million dollars for the kind of home I wanted. So I said to myself, this business model doesn't necessarily support that kind of a lifestyle and that amount of time unless I do something that other people aren't doing. So when I brought on somebody that really enjoyed a lot of the tasks that I really enjoyed doing, <laughs> 
it was kind of challenging for me to start to relinquish responsibility. But what I could see was that path was paving itself for me, that the desire I had in my heart to work very little was about to mature. And not that I don't work a full week right now, because I do, but it's just that with my landscaping company, I don't work a full week. So I spend right now literally four hours on that business and it brings in a million dollars in sales per year. That's, that's where we're headed this year. It's August right now and our projections are looking really good for that. It doesn't mean that we will, but it means that we probably will. And the fact that we probably will is pretty amazing. And I'm really proud of that. And the fact that I only spend four hours a week with that possibility, I'm really proud of that too. And at every day, every week, every month that would come, you know, and, and materialize, I would learn something new. And the more I was willing to be flexible and pivot into the better way that I was being shown, the more quickly I was able to rise up to this even better way of helping people that I ever had set up before. Because when I was wearing all the hats, people were getting mad because, you know, they weren't getting the information they needed. So either I was getting stressed out doing too many things or my clients were getting stressed out not having the information they needed or maybe having something that wasn't really up to snuff quality wise. So it always mattered to me so much that everybody always received really great care. And so I could have delegated more sooner had I not been so married to me being the one that had the kid gloves on with all the clients. And to a certain extent, it wasn't very beneficial for anyone for me to have those kid gloves on because when you start to pamper your clients too much, they can really expect a lot of you. And there's a really beautiful fine line that you can land at where everybody has amazing expectations set up and then they're set up to receive the best of you without getting too much of you. And I had to learn that line and it, and it was terrible to learn that line. It was really, you know, a learning in how people pleasing is not very cool. It's not you should never people please. You should set expectations and know exactly what your deliverable is and deliver that, but not just be there to do everything and anything that people ask of you because that is where you start to get into gray area about what needs to be charged for. And I definitely was on the the um, gray area side of that a lot of times. So having someone in place that was going to start taking on my role was um, something that I had to have a lot of faith in and allow that person to make mistakes with me there to catch that person and make sure that they make sure that they had mistakes because I feel like you don't really learn very well unless you have them and I had a lot of mistakes so I learned really well <laughs> and it was really fun to watch this person take on all the things that I had done and then look at their role and see, well, gosh, you know, this is too much for that role and to delegate that to someone else. So I became this delegation obsessor because I started to see that the, the projects were getting better. Our sales were able to grow more quickly because we had the right systems and people in place to allow us to do that. And I was becoming way less stressed. And so when I was doing my calendar in February of this year and I was marking out four hours a week to spend on this company, I felt really proud of that. And 
I'm telling you, when I started it nine years ago, um, I read that Tim Ferriss book, The 4-Hour Work Week, probably in my first or second year, and I thought to myself, oh, that's cool. I, I'd like to do that once I you know, start making a lot of money in my business. Well, it's really a both and. You kind of, you know, I did it before I even thought about it. Like I accidentally did it because I was open to, at every step of the way, the clients getting a better service and me creating a better life. And it all happened in tandem. And once it did happen, I really, really started to value the delegation and creating a culture around, you know, great relationships that would make sure that delegating didn't water down the quality. Also, I started to value being open to the possibilities that might rise up as you take a new step. And one of the possibilities that rose up was the possibility for me to coach others and help them on their journey. And I would have never imagined in a million years as, you know, a teenager or a architecture student in college that I would have my own business by the time I was 28 and by the time I was 38 that I would have my own four-hour work week and not only coaching others but getting ready to scale my business in such a way that I could help a lot of people, which is exactly what I'm planning to do right now, which is why I was kind of off the podcast for a couple weeks. So that said, um, I really want to for you to know that because it didn't come about with only learning a skill because I had learned my skill in college and it didn't come about by only acquiring mindset because I acquired mindset techniques once I started my business and I realized that a lot of my mindset was holding me back and it wasn't that you know I acquired all that I acquired by hustling and I did hustle and I have a real opinion about whether or not hustling is appropriate but I did all three of those things I acquired the right mindset I acquired the right skill set and I knew when to hustle And because I had all those things together with the persistence and the resilience to not give up, I achieved all the things that I ever wanted to achieve by age 38. (laughs) And if you would have asked me in college what I thought my trajectory would have been, I thought my trajectory was going to be this. I thought I would leave college and start working at a really cool architecture firm and be there for a little while and learn some cool things and create some cool designs. Then I thought I would make some designs that were so cool that I got the courage to go out on my own. And I thought that that would be at approximately age 40. I also thought that I would have kids by this date, which I don't, Um, I have cats. And I also thought that at age 40, I'd be starting my own architecture practice. None of that happened. Um, In fact, I'm really glad I don't have an architecture practice right now because I know a lot of people that run architecture practices and I love them and I am so glad that they exist, but I prefer what I do right now. 
And none of that would exist had I not looked at opportunities that opened themselves up along the way and been willing to try them on and follow through with them. And I am such a follow-through-er that it's sort of obnoxious to even myself. And the way that that hasn't been the best thing for me at all points in time is that sometimes I would follow through with something so much without even really having the right direction. And so that would mean wasted time or whatever. But, you know, everyone has their own blind spots that they get to be aware of and deal with as they go on the path that they want to go on. And the point is, if you are able to be open to what's here for you to do and be and have and keep stepping into that thing over and over and over and over again, that's really how you create this momentum where you can just manifest the life and business that you want for yourself. And I can't tell you enough how strong I had to be on the inside and wasn't strong for most of the years that I ran my business. In fact, I hired a coach about two years in from when I started freelancing. So, you know, this was about um, seven years ago that I really started working with a coach, maybe eight years at this point. And um, I was, I really didn't have much confidence personally or professionally, but anybody who knows me knows that I was out there sharing my business cards, telling people what I did, dressing in really awkward outfits that didn't fit right or were barely what I could afford and just trying to be professional. People that have known me for that long in the networking world will say that I've really like done it like I tried and at this point after being awkward and silly for a couple years and then refining what I was doing and doing great at it now I have the reward of doing it from home and having a gorgeous business that I'm so proud of that I don't have to commit a lot of time to And it still pays myself more than an average American income and someone else um, who's going to really be rewarded for doing so many wonderful things and helping me grow. And that makes me really happy because everything else is just a cakewalk. Um, And the the reason I say the word cakewalk is is it's like the icing on the cake. It's things I don't have to do. It's businesses I can build because I like to build businesses. It's clients I can help because I like helping clients. And none of that was even, none of that could fit in my imagination because you don't know what can happen in your life until it happens. Like you don't know how amazing it can be until it happens. Like you don't know what a beautiful love feels like until you feel it. Like you could never describe that. Like. I I can't describe to you how much I enjoy being at my beautiful home with my cats that they're just the coolest company on earth. I really enjoy being with them. I can't describe that feeling to you. And I couldn't have described it to my former self if I were to say, what do I want to feel 10 years from now? Who do I want to be? What kind of friends do I want to have? 
what kind of relationships do I want to have in my life? Because all of that is just a beautiful feeling that you don't know until you really set the stage for all of that to take place. So, you know, the point is I stepped into the unknown a lot. And, and in stepping into that unknown, I used delegating and, and creating relationships with people in person, online, um, through a vast network that were going to support a beautiful business. And I had the faith in myself and them to help me get to the place where this could be relatively easy. And it, and it was not easy at all at first. And even though it wasn't easy, I can't say that, you know, this journey has sucked because it didn't, but there have definitely been times when my business made me cry. (laughs) There have been times when a client made me cry. There have been times when I made myself cry. (laughs) You know, you have those moments when you're willing to look at what isn't working and then make it work. So having the willingness to look at what isn't working and making it work, those might be moments where you're going to hustle. But if you put in the right kind of hustle, it means that you can leverage your time and leverage your money and have an easier path for yourself. And I really feel like it's our right to do that because I really feel like if we have the ways and means for us to support ourselves, and to give ourselves what's going to nurture our soul, the, the amount of money that's going to give us, the experiences that we want and feed us and put a roof over our head. I don't care if that's $50,000 a year. I don't care if that's $50 million a year. It's all possible for you. And just, you know, arriving at that feeling of having what you want for yourself, it's so possible only if you're willing to allow it. Why do you think I said that? Only if you're willing to allow it. Because most people aren't willing to allow for that possibility. What they're going to do is say, oh, but not today. Oh, but not for me. Oh, but I'll do it when this. I'll do it when my kids graduate. I'll do it when my daughter gets married. I'll do it when um, my wife gets a promotion. I'll do it when I get a promotion. I'll do it when I have $30,000 saved up. There's never an I'll do it when if you really, really want the doors to open up to what's here for you. There is just not a do it when. If I would have waited for the perfect time to do anything in my business, then I would be working for someone else right now because at some point I would have had to have taken another job to pay my bills. There were thousands of times where I would have had a reason to stop and I didn't stop. I didn't stop when I had a lot of debt. I didn't stop when I didn't know where the next client was going to come from. I never made my clients feel like I needed money even when I really, really did. I never made them feel that. I just did my job and I made sure they got something amazing. I never threw in the towel when I owed one of my friends a lot of money who was working in my business. I just figured it out. Um, I never stopped when I had discovered that my marriage was really not an appropriate marriage for me. I just decided how to handle it. I handled it like a boss. I left that marriage. Um, And that was one of the hardest things I did because I was really stubborn about it and I was really codependent within it. 
I didn't allow my codependent tendencies to stop me from growing my business and becoming not codependent. I actually got the help I needed to understand what that is and move past it. Um, so no matter what's going on for you, um, you can choose to recruit something to stop you or you can choose to get the empowerment that you need in your life to get you somewhere. Um, and if you need help doing that, then get help doing that. That's what all the professionals are for these days. And I relied on professionals to make sure that I didn't lose my momentum. And it was very, very scary for me to hire people along the way to help me do that. So um, I was really thankful today that someone shared with me that my message has resonated with them. That's why I wanted to share specifically what I shared today. I'm going to post it today. I'm not going to put any special graphics up or anything. I just want to go ahead and get you guys something since I've left you alone for a couple weeks. But if you're a podcast listener um, and you're not on one of my other platforms, can you email me at michelle at michelleanderson.com or DM me on the Instagram? Because what I want to know from you is what you've really enjoyed the most out of listening. Because I know that you, you know, there's some consistent listeners and I really, really appreciate that. And I'm really thankful that you're here. Um, and so if I know from you what you love, um, then I'm going to know what to give you more of and how to help you more. And that's what I'm here for. So um, I know this was a little bit of a longer listen, but thank you so much for being here. And I'm just so grateful to have you guys that listen. So I'd love to hear from you. And if you like this, um, shoot, I need some reviews. I think I have three reviews and I think one of them are mine. So wherever you're listening, would you please review this podcast and tell me what you think because that really helps more people that need this information find this. That's actually how that works. So I'd really appreciate it if you drop me a little star rating and maybe a little blurb and I love you guys for those couple of you who have said something. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining us on the episode today. I'm so glad you were here to give a listen. If you liked it, this is a new podcast right now, so I would really appreciate it if you would give us a review on whatever platform you're listening on, just to let other people know that this is a place where you can learn how to manifest the life and business of your dreams. Also, if you want to find out more, follow us on Instagram. It's Michelle and Anderson with an S-E-N at the end on Instagram and Michelle Anderson is the website.